Good afternoon and happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to episode 69 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. Coming up, the NBA playoffs heat up as the Eastern Conference now has four teams that will be vying for a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals, getting them one step closer to the NBA Finals. We have one Game 7 in the Western Conference and one semifinal matchup in the Western Conference as well. We'll be discussing all those. And I will give you my takes on all the teams that have been eliminated from the NBA playoffs. What I think they need to do going forward, coming up on the other side. And now, without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm going to start my opening take in the Eastern Conference. Now, before I get on to the games, I just want to say this about the Eastern Conference. The games in the first round were a joke. Very disappointing. All you saw were gentlemen sweeps and regular sweeps. Not very fun to watch. Now, hopefully, the semifinals will reduce better games. Now, with that being said, let's go with the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Brooklyn Nets, a two versus three matchup. During the regular season, the Milwaukee Bucks took two of three from the Brooklyn Nets. And of course, one of those games, only one of the big three played, and the other two sat due to injuries. Now, the big three passed their first big test as a unit by making quick work of the Boston Celtics. Of course, that's not much of an indicator because they were playing a depleted Boston Celtic team. Now they're going to have a real test on their hands against a pretty good Milwaukee Bucks defensive team. Now Giannis is going to need the same support he got in the Miami series. I mean, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, P.J. Tucker coming to the bench, you need to step their games up. Because this is going to take a collective team effort if they're going to slow down Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. I believe this series is going to be determined by the benches. Now, let's be honest. The Brooklyn Nets do have a better bench than the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they got a better supporting cast than the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, on the Brooklyn Nets, you have Jeff Green who gives you some pretty good points and some minutes. I mean, you got Joe Harris, who can hit the three. I mean, so you, you got some, and of course, Break Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, even though they're shells of themselves, but they can, they're going to come in and make a nice contribution. So for the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to have to score and play some defense. They're going to have to be good on both sides of the basketball. And the most important thing the Milwaukee Bucks need to do is to, sl- is to slow down two of the big three. Because if all three players are clicking, they're not going to stand a chance. So, I believe this will be a seven-game series. And of course, I'm not buying the fact that the winner is, is an automatic to go to the NBA Finals, like some analysts on TV and sports talk radio believe. I'm not sleeping on the Sixers or the Hawks. With that being said, 
I believe the Nets will barely squeak out of this series. Yes, I think Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden are going to have big games in four of the seven games, and that's all they need. So, Brooklyn Nets in seven. Now let's move on to the 76ers versus the Atlanta Hawks. Now, kudos to the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they made short work of the New York Knickerbockers. And kudos to Nate McMillan, who came in as interim head coach in midseason and turned things around. Now, that interim tag should be dropped and it should see, say, Nate McMillan, head coach. For the Atlanta Hawks, that next series was a coming out party of one Trey Young. I think it's only like this is like his second or third year in the league. And since the Atlanta Hawks are so bad, not not many fans know who Trey Young is. But I think they do now. I mean he set the tempo in game one with that game winning shot versus the Knicks. And they've been cruising ever since. Of course the biggest story in the series is the health of Joel Embiid. I mean he has a tear in his white meniscus. And of course, his status for game one is still uncertain. But either way, the Philadelphia 76 is a well coach. I mean, Doc Rivers did a fabulous job with this team. I mean, they still got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris. So they got enough. But NB, I don't believe, is going to be out for a long period of time. So once he gets back, then things are going to start clicking for the Sixers. But this is the Atlanta Hawks' chance to steal momentum early by getting one of the two games in Philadelphia. I mean, guys like Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, Badano Bonovich, I think I said that right. They're going to, they're going to have to rally behind Trey Young. If they're going to at least get momentum early and possibly pull off an upset. I believe they'll win two games. But in the end, once Joel LMB gets back and dominates like he has been doing, that's a wrap. So I'm going to go with Philadelphia 76ers in six games. So if these predictions do come correct, you will have... In the Eastern Conference Finals, the Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Now let's go ahead to the Western Conference. First, we're going to go with Game 7 of the Mavs versus the Clippers. Now I'm not going to say too much about this because if you heard in my last podcast, I did predict the Clippers in 7. And tomorrow is the 7th game, so I still stand by that. Despite the fact that the road team has won every game. Now that, that is very perplexing. You trying to say that the home team can't win one game? Well, I think for the Clippers, this will be the this will be the time that they will win game seven. So not much there. Now let's go on to the Western Conference semifinal game that's gonna be happening tomorrow. And that's the Phoenix Suns. Versus the Denver Nuggets. Now, of course, the Phoenix Suns defeated my Lakers four games to two. 
and the Denver Nuggets defeated the Portland Trailblazers four games to two. Now I gotta give credit where credit is due. The Suns were basically a better team than my Lakers. I mean, kudos to Monty Booker for a good job. I mean, he got the um, Coaches a Year Award from the coaches. He needs to get it from the writers as well. I mean, what he's done to turn this team around, along with Chris Paul, and of course, this series, the series with the Lakers was Devin Booker's coming out party. I mean, he's been in the league five or six years, and since the Suns were so bad, not many fans knew who he was. I mean, what he did in game six was Kobe-ish. And of course, he mentioned the late Kobe Bryant in his, in his press conference at the end. I mean, he was lights out. But now they're going to play a pretty good Denver Nuggets team who Nikola Jovic, he's definitely the MVP. I mean, the game he had in game six to close that series out was phenomenal. I mean, his supporting cast, Michael Porter Jr., Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon, and Austin Rivers is going to have to step their games up once again. But the Phoenix Suns are not without role players either. I mean, we know Devin Booker, we know Chris Paul, but Deontay Hayden, Jay Crowder. I mean, those guys are playing some good ball, played some good ball in that series as well. I think this one will be a fun series as well. I mean, this is a two versus three matchup as well. I believe that the Suns are the better team. I believe um, they got more to throw to throw at the, the Nuggets than the Nuggets do the Suns. I think Booker is going to continue. I mean, Jokic is going to get his, but I, be, I believe the Suns are better defensively. So I believe they'll let Jokic get his and they'll neutralize the other guys. I think this is a six-game series. I'm going to go with the Suns, four games of two over the Nuggets. Now I'm going to turn my attention to another topic. And that's all the teams that were eliminated. I'm going to give you my brief takes on each of the teams, what I think about them during the regular season, and what I think they can do to move forward to next season, go further in the playoffs. These, of course, are not in particular order. I'm just going to start in the Eastern Conference, the Washington Wizards. Now, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal balled out this this year. They got off to a really rough start. I mean, the injuries, guys missing games due to COVID. But yet, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal pulled this team together and got them in the play-in tournament and got them in the first round of playoffs, which they lost four games to one to the 76ers. Now for the Wizards, I mean, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal by themselves is not going to take a team that far. Now one of the reasons why I said I didn't think they would they were going to go that far because their playoff successes have not been very good. They're going to need a third man. 
to complement these two players. I think that's the one thing that's gonna get is gonna get them on track. I mean, I mean Russell Wilsbrook averaging triple doubles don't mean nothing if you're not if you're not going far in the playoffs. I mean, he's basically a regular season player. I hate to say that. Because I like Russell Westbrook. And I think Bradley Beal, same thing. I mean, being the leading scorer in the NBA doesn't do nothing for, for the team. Especially if you're getting bounced out of the first round or not making the playoffs. So going forward, Washington Wizards, you need to find that third wheel. Now, let's go to the Boston Celtics. Now, of course, everybody knows that Danny Ainge decided to retire as president of basketball operations. And now Brad Stevens, who was coaching the team, is now in that spot. And now they're going to be searching for a new head coach. First of all, I think most people suspect they didn't want to eat $30 million that they paid to Brad Stevens. Especially since last year they gave him a contract extension. So this was a this was a power play to try to keep $30 million. Now I'm not saying that Brad Stevens is not gonna do a good job. He just may. I mean, he was a good coach. I mean, out of the last three or four years, they've gone to three straight Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, basically he was like Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles. They go to the conference championship and they flame out so it's not to say that Brad Stevens won't do a good job I mean he may I mean I understand the knock is he doesn't have any experience in that role but hey a lot of GMs come from coaching or come from you know the, pl- the playing field and become good executives so it'll be interesting to see who they have is who they have in their mind as head coach. I mean, I think the hot commodity is going to be Jason Kidd. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jason Kidd, the assistant for my Los Angeles Lakers. But there's some guys out there. I think I heard one guy say possibly Jeff Van Gundy, if they can pull him out of retirement. That would, that would be pretty interesting. But I hope, and this is my hope, I'm going to advocate that somebody give Mark Jackson a job, please. Don't be wrong, I love Mark Jackson on the mic, but Mike Mark Jackson was a good coach. I get it. Golden State success has been part of by, by the main reason why he has not gotten a head coaching job. But remember, he put that team together first. So now for Boston moving forward, I mean, I mean, they, they got the pieces. I mean, Jason Tatum, I mean, he's the truth. I mean, of course, Kimball Walker needs to stay healthy. And hopefully, Jalen Brown will come back healthy. So, they, they got the stars they needed. But they got to find a way to get, get over that hump. Because we all know in Boston, anything less than a championship is a failure. Now for the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks are back to relevance. We're actually talking about them again. And this is good for the NBA. Kudos to Tom Thibodeau for turning this team around and bringing them back to relevance. But of course, they got some work to do. 
I mean, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett showed that they were good regular season guys. But when it came to the playoffs, they couldn't get it done. Now, of course, to be fair, this is their first time. So I'm not going to kill them too much. But they do need at least a number one guy. I mean, I'm with Stephen A. when he said Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett are not number ones. They're basically twos and threes. Now, of course, Derrick Rose, he came off the bench and he did his thing. But this is not the Derrick Rose of Chicago. This is not the MVP Derrick Rose. This is not Derrick Rose seven or eight years ago. This is Derrick Rose seven or eight years later. Still a good player, but he's not a number one. Whether you bring him off the bench or you start him. So they're going to have to find some big name to compliment Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. So so Randle can be two and R.J. Barrett three, but there's got to be a number one out there somewhere. Now for the Miami Heat, the team that I labeled the most dangerous team in the Eastern Conference, and they disappointed me on that. What happened here was basically they thought they could run it back. They didn't do nothing to improve the team. I mean, yeah, you still had Jimmy Butler. You still had Tyler Hero. You had Bam Bayou. You had um, Gordon Dragic. But you let Jay Crowder walk. And now he's with the Phoenix Suns. He's still playing while the Heat are now taking a vacation in South Beach. So... We all know Pat Riley ain't gonna let this slide. So you know, I don't know, I don't think he's gonna break up the team per se, but he's gonna do everything he can to make sure this team is not vacationing in, in, in South Beach early. So for the Heat, it has got to, you know, get better. I mean, like I say, obviously this the same roster didn't didn't get him nowhere. Now, that, this is not to say that they were a fluke, because they weren't. But what the Milwaukee Bucks did, after getting embarrassed, they went out there and got better. So that's that's the Heat's um, mission for the offseason. Now, let's go to the Western Conference. We'll start with the um, Memphis Grizzlies. Now, kudos to that organization and their coaching staff. I mean, they got their team... Into the into the into the um, play-in, and they got the win to secure their spot in the first round. I mean, simple fact is the Utah Jazz was just way better than them. I mean, more cohesive team, better coached. All all I'm gonna say is, John John Morant is a future star. I mean, this is a very young team. This team now. Just need to get some better some some pieces around John Moret in order to advance forward. And that's basically the need for this team. He needs to, he needs a number two and a number three in order to go forward. Now for the Portland Trailblazers, another team that disappointed me because I picked them as the one of the most dangerous teams in the Western Conference. And I didn't think nobody wanted to see them. But unfortunately, 
once again, they got bounced out in the first round. And because of that, the Portland Trailblazers decided to part ways with their um, head coach, Terry Stotts. Now, I'm going to give you my thoughts on this. Now, I'm not going to... Now, hear me when I say this. I don't believe Dame Lillard caused Terry Stotts to be fired. But, one has to ask why this move was made. And I'm going to tell you why I believe this move was made. This move was made because what you had in that press conference was a frustrated Dame Lillard. That's right. Dame is tired of going home early. Let's look at the Portland Trailblazers. Four of the past five seasons, they were bounced out of the first round. And even, and even one year, they got swept. I mean, they didn't get, is either the first round, the second round, the only good year they had was in the third round, but they got, and they got, of course, lost to Golden State. I personally believe that the, the Portland Trailblazer organization was in panic mode. I mean, when you hear Dame Lillard, Lillard channeled the late Nipsey Hussle in one of his lyrics when he said the following how long should I stay dedicated now Dame Lillard has been loyal during his eight years with the Portland Trailblazers I mean he could have easily joined up with another superstar and made a super team but Dame's like nah man I want to see if I can build it here and of course him and CJ McCullough have been a good one-two punch Here's the problem. They've been a good one-two punch in the regular season. But in the playoffs, not so much. So, I personally believe that the Portland Trailblazers was looking at the situation in Houston with James Harden. They were looking at the situation two years ago with Anthony Davis. What do these two teams have in common? They all forced their way out of, out, out of town. Anthony Davis forced his way out of New Orleans to come to Lakers two years ago. And this year, James Harden did everything possible to force his way out of Houston. I mean, he came in, he came, he came in out of shape, went to the strip bar, had a happy meal before a game, and then finally, the Houston Rockets decided enough's enough. So I believe they were afraid that in the offseason, Dame Lillard was going to come to them and say, I want out. I can't take this anymore. I mean, I'm tired of going home in the first round and being on vacation early. Now, next to Steph Curry, I believe Dame Lillard is one of the game's deadliest shooters. But, I mean, in one of the games, he had like 55 points. But, as he said, it means nothing. Because they lost. 
I think Dame Lillard needs to go to the brass and start asking questions. I'm not saying he should force his way out. I mean, that's that's his decision if he chooses to do so. I will say he needs to find out and, and 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 go to the brass and say, what are we doing? I mean, what can we do to, to improve this team and get over the hump? He needs to start asking that. Because right now, Dame Lillard's career is starting to look like Tracy McGrady's. Remember, for fans who don't know, Tracy McGrady, after he left um, Toronto, left his cousin um, Vince Carter, he was always with the Orlando Magic and the Houston Rockets and never saw the second round ever in his career. Actually, he, he, he may be also close to Kevin Garnett. Now, of course, Kevin, De, Kevin Garnett spent the first seven years of his career with the Timberwolves and never got out of the first round. That's why he decided to bolt and create a super team with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and got his one championship. Now he's a Hall of Famer. Now, of course, Dame is going to be a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. But he's got to be thinking to himself what his legacy is going to be. Is it going to be, you know, I'm a deadly shooter next to Steph Curry, but yet I have very little playoff success? Now, look, I get it. Not all superstars are going to win a ring. But personally, Dane Lillard don't deserve this. He don't deserve to be getting bounced out of the first round the guy's a good player at least I at least want to see him at least you know play in one NBA championship so this is going to be an interesting offseason for the Portland Trailblazers now I did see a quote saying he mentioned Jason Kidd as a possible replacement now that would that would that, that would work I think that would work hate to see Jason Kidd leave my Lakers but hey I mean, Jason Kidd is a decent coach. I think he can do a lot of good there. Now, speaking of my Lakers, that's what I'm going to close this segment with. Now, I'll say this for my Lakers. The Lakers were 20-7 and before the injury flu hit. Anthony Davis missed 30 games. LeBron missed over 20 games. The simple fact is... They couldn't overcome it in the end. I mean, the other players were just basically wishy-washy on a night-in and night-out basis. I mean, Schroeder, Kuzma, KCP, Harold. I mean, they did the best that they could, but it wasn't enough. So going forward, these guys are going to have to step their games up. Because KCP and Kyle Kuzma are still on the contract. Now, I'm, I want to say this about Kyle Kuzma. Now, of course, I, I like Kyle Kuzma. But, but Kyle Kuzma missed out on a big opportunity to be that number three guy. I mean, he was awarded with a, big con, a nice contract. But yet, this year he was basically 
Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. You had some games where he played really well, and you had other games where it's like, is Kyle Kuzma even there? So, Kyle Kuzma needs to work on his game if he wants and, and, and prove that he's worth that contract and that he can be a number three. If not, then the Lakers are going to have to go out and get a number three somewhere. Because, look, LeBron is still playing at a high level, but LeBron is 36 years old. I mean, you see, up until, until a couple of years ago, the injuries are catching up to him. I mean, this is not 26-year-old LeBron James. This is 36-year-old LeBron James. He, he's not, he can't carry the teams like he used to. Now for Anthony Davis, I'm just going to say this. Anthony Davis needs to get with LeBron and get on LeBron's workout program. Or maybe get on Tom Brady's T12 program or something. Because he gets hurt too much. For a guy who's 28 years old, he's been elite eight years. Even with the New Orleans Pelicans, he was hurt quite a bit. So, he needs to get on a better training program or something. Or he needs to drink more milk, whatever. Because the fact that he keeps getting hurt is not doing the Lakers any good. I mean, he only goes as far... Anthony Davis, go, The Lakers go as far as Anthony Davis goes. I mean, even LeBron even said that. This is why I think in the offseason, they got to find a, 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 num- a number three. So in case AD can't stay healthy, at least LeBron at least have somebody else that can pick up the slack f- as well. So from, from my Los Angeles Lakers, the goal here is to find a number three and improve the bench. Plain and simple. Now, this will conclude episode 69 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.